This show is a member of the Sorgatron Media Podcast Network. Find out more at sorgatronmedia.com. This show is brought to you by IndieWrestling.us. Check out IWC, RWA, and more. And listeners like you, support this show at patreon.com slash wrestlingmayhemshow. Hey guys, it is the Indie Mayhem Show. I'm Mike Sorgat, Sorgatron on the Twitter here in the Sorgatron Media Studios in the Beachview neighborhood of Pittsburgh, PA. And this is a show where we talk to people in and around and all over independent professional wrestling or other fun outside ways. But we're getting right into the Pittsburgh wrestling uh, this week with our special guest. But uh, in the meantime, please check out everything at WrestlingMayhemShow.com. Drop us an email at GoodTimes at SorgatronMedia.com until I get that other uh, domain fixed. And, uh, of course, 412-206-WMS0, at Mayhem Show on the Twitter. Hit us on any of those if you have anybody that uh, you think we should be talking to. Great thread lately in the Wrestling Mayhem Show Facebook group with a bunch of people I need to touch base on. Or maybe return to the show, because I realize we haven't talked to some of them in a while. Looking at you, Jock Sampson. You're like episode three and, and kind of set the tone for us. Uh, but anyways, uh, please support the show, of course, patreon.com slash wrestling mayhem show and support indie wrestling. Of course, a lot of people that we talk to on the show, especially from the, the local area, uh, the local promotions are available on indie wrestling a lot of representatives from the Pittsburgh and Cleveland area there and uh, a few other fun projects on video demand and video on demand and digital download and sign up for updates when including uh, episodes of this that uh, you get reminded of and other uh, new shows came coming up there all the time. So my guest this week is, uh, you know, I'll talk about how uh, way in the good old days of like 2007 when I discovered independent professional wrestling. Actually, 2006 now I think about it. And one of those guys, one of those names on the card was my guest today, Dean Radford, joining us here in the studio. Hello. I'm trying to remember your monikers from back then. I, I feel like there's something I'm, I'm forgetting. Oh, man. There was, uh, you know. Got prepared to be eradicated. <laughs> <laughs> oh, those were the good old days, weren't yeah. they? Uh, that's amazing. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. Sure, and of thank course, you for having me. These days, uh, you may uh, know him from uh, Fight Society on mm-hmm. McKeesport, of course, and uh, a lot of fun stuff. And we'll get into that. And we've been talking about that on the shows as well. So we like to start with the icebreaker. If some people don't know you yet, uh, what is your earliest memory of professional wrestling? Uh, my, man, I uh, think I was like three or four and uh, my brother used to take me to AWA in, uh, they used to run on a barge in New Eagle, PA. So it's funny, I got a picture of Shawn Michaels holding me when I'm like three or four years old with a Jimmy Snooker shirt on. Oh, geez. Yeah, and he just broke in, you know, doing the Midnight Rocker stuff. So it goes back pretty far. (laughs) Was that a WWE Jimmy Snooker shirt or an AWA Jimmy Snooker shirt? I'm going to go with... uh, WWE Jimmy Snooker shirt, but <laughs> it was cool though because it was a black shirt with him all perched up on the uh, perched up on the top rope there, getting ready to do that big splash. So nice, yeah. So how did you go from that to like? Was it this is a thing that I want to do like right off the bat that you kind of stuck with? I always loved wrestling. You know, growing up, it was anytime it was on. You know, I was the kid trying to watch. Uh, Hulk Hogan versus The Undertaker through squiggly lines. And then I wanted to break the TV when I saw through the squiggly lines that The Undertaker won because Ric Flair threw the chair in. Because all the audio, all the audio was perfect, oh, it was right? Perfect. Yeah. It was on point. Yeah. But, you know, you're looking through the squiggly <laughs> lines and then, you know, so, but, uh, 
you know, I always was a wrestling fan. Mm-hmm. I don't think I ever, you know, stepped away from it at all. So it was like running through my my veins, brother. <laughs> <laughs> now, was that something that you know was you know as you talked about AWA? So you knew there was more than just WWF at the time, right? Yeah. Um, were you already kind of looking at like how do I get into this? Um. Well, I was uh, basically to the the TV land is where I was. Mm-hmm. Okay, and that was pretty much wrestling for me so you know my brother was huge with he watched a lot of the nwa stuff and uh you know wcw and, so you're uh, lucky enough that you had more than one promotion right to, to get he was into. a That's huge great. ultimate warrior fan a sting mm-hmm. fan you know so um then i didn't realize like the bubble i didn't realize the bubble that wasn't just tv land until pwx ran their first show at eastland mall and then I started finding out about Still City Wrestling and everything going on around here. I'm like, oh, it's local, too. So, mm-hmm. you know, that really bursted me out of the uh, the WWF bubble and the NWA and stuff like that. Like, oh, this is where they come from. No way. <laughs> <laughs> They're just generating this little wrestler factory in right. Eastland Mall, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, it, it, it's funny because Eastland Mall is... Uh, um, you know, we, we, we've done some research on documentary. We hope to finally get around to finishing someday about studio wrestling. Because mm-hmm. everybody talks about studio wrestling and stuff. But Eastland Mall seems like that, that like source of wrestling talent. Like uh, 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 Corey Graves, Sterling's mm-hmm. father, uh, talked about uh, you know him doing laps around the Eastland Mall like mm-hmm. when he was trying to get into it and everything, right? Yep. So, so like that seems like the, like what, mid to late 90s uh, uh, source there locally? Uh, yeah. It's right around there. I know. I you know. I went to uh, I went to high school with CJ Sensation mm-hmm. and uh, current referee for uh, right IWC and, 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 ran, I, and randomly got a super indie title shot a couple shows ago. Fantastic. <laughs> he deserves it. I uh, him and I went to school, and you know Troy Lords and a bunch of us went to school, and then uh, CJ started training with PWX, and that was really how I found out about you know PWX later in the years being the way it was. At first, I thought it was just like, again, WWF. Mm-hmm. So I thought PWX was like, oh, man, all these guys are coming in from out of town and doing their stuff. And, you know, at that time, Still City Wrestling was doing their stuff. So they had like, you know, Snooka and McFoley and all these guys. So I didn't realize that, oh, we trained here. So that uh, and then he started training there. So that's when I first got the inkling of, oh, OK, so this is something I could do here. You know, so mm-hmm. that was pretty cool. Awesome. So, so what was um, what was the experience like? You you finally went for it. You got into training. I got into training, uh, and I know you do a lot of training these days, and I want to talk about that too. But what, what was kind of your experience, your first experience uh, in that? So, when I originally started training, it was with uh, Troy Lords mm-hmm. and Balls Beach. Hot. Yes, we still like yelling it every once in a while. Balls Hot. That's it'll always be Balls <laughs> Hot. So. Uh, we started training together at the uh, T-Rantula, had a ring down in Hayes, in an old school, which eventually turned into IWC's first training school. And um, so we trained there for a while, and it was really cool because Matt Bourne would come down a lot, and I mean, that guy and that's, uh, learned so much. For those don't know, that, that was the original Doink. The original Doink, yeah. right. And, you know... You ran those ropes till you threw up, you know. It wasn't even a question about it. And Shane would come down sometimes, Shane Douglas, and uh, you know it was a cool experience with that. 
um, there was some stuff that happened with uh, the school and T got away from it. And that's whenever uh, Shirley Doe and Super Hentai took over and was running the IWC school. Mm. So I got my feet wet there and I finally tuned the machine with Hentai and uh, and Doe. Awesome. So, so when you uh, when you debuted, mm-hmm. um, what was your first? Was it was it getting radicated? Was that uh, the one of Dean Radford a little bit? Get radicated, <laughs> prepare to be radicated. You know, it's it, I haven't it seen was, much of this this era. <laughs> so, the funny story is, and this, so one of my first matches was in like this small, I don't even know what it was in in Wheeling. Or not, no, it wasn't. It was Weirton, West Virginia, mm-hmm. and this was when I was just getting my feet wet. I wasn't wrestling in Pittsburgh yet, and uh, there was some guy running a show as IYWF, I think, and they were taping for some South Carolina something, something, something. So I'm, you know, green as grass. I'm like, cool. So they go, hey, put a mask on, you know, this and that and the other. What are you going to call yourself? And I was like, the ultimate solution. Ooh. I think I've heard the story. <laughs> so, so, you know, this this guy that's supposed to be the monster is then choke slamming me, but I'm as tall as him, and he, you know he shits his pants. But you know, it's like it's one of those things where it's like, I was like, okay, how can I make this work? It'll be the ultimate solution. And then this guy shows up in WCW as the ultimate solution in like a triple tier triple tier cage and this and that and the other. So I'm kinda of glad I didn't do that. But when I was training with Hentai and 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 Doe, they uh Doe always made a comment of, You look like a young Spicoli. So he called me Dean Radford. And it was kinda of like a eh, okay. Sure Sam. I don't you know, I don't wanna we'll go with that. And then when it came to showtime it was like, okay, you're gonna be Dean Radford. And I was like, No, I wanna do this. No, you're gonna do this. Ripped up jeans, this and that and the other. Go look at Rad Radford. Look how it was done. And that's how you do it. And I was like, okay. And in my head, I'm like, I'm going to be the next Hulk Hogan. I'm going to do this. I'm going to paint my face. I'm going to mix Hulk Hogan and Ultimate Warrior and Macho Man and all these guys together. Just like all the people that went and be the Rock or the Hardy Boys, Sure. Right? Yeah. And then, you know, here's Dean Radford. And I, I don't know when it was, but it was kind of like first couple of matches. And I was just like, man, this is so weird. And then. I, for the life of me, I can't remember. It was like, did you get radicated out there? And I was like, what? And they're like, radicated. I was like, get radicated. Prepare to wreck. Okay, maybe we can make this Radford thing work. What era, <laughs> what era is this about? Because uh, I think, I think like, this, is, this isn't something that happened in, like, the 2010s. No. Like, like this, is, this is something that happened a little closer to the era where, where, where ripped up jeans would have been. We're right around two thousand. Yeah, two thousand ish. Ninety eight, two thousand. That sounds like something you know? a wrestler would yell. Yeah. In the late nineties, just get yeah. eradicated. And uh, <laughs> I was like, cool. And then you know, I like every indie guy. I got my first T-shirt made. Mm-hmm. It said, "Prepare to get eradicated" on the back with the terrible iron-on logo on the front. Hot and, seller. Hot oh, seller. Man. I bet. I was making a cool ten bucks a pop. You know. <laughs> and then next thing I know, I'm selling fifty shirts. I'm like, what the hell is going on? So, but hey. <laughs> It stuck. It worked. It's cool. You know, mm-hmm. I roll with it, and here we are, fifteen years later. Like, Dean Radford. <laughs> and if I recall, when I when I'm seeing you around 2006, I think you were a more serious version of the character too, mm-hmm. right? So tell me a little bit about the evolution from getting radicated to. So, uh, it really, it's 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 gonna 
sound one of those things. But when you get the, in the era of where we were with IWC, mm-hmm. it's one of those things where I had the absolute honor to work with guys who are, you know, in a different level. And I was green as grass and I learned a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, I remember the first time BJ Whitmer kicked me in the face because I did something wrong. And I was like, oh, okay. And you learn those things, you know, but it was a good match. Mm-hmm. You know, just like when I go out there and I got to work Cole Cabana and it was eight minutes solid. Don't do anything, you know, just go, 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 go. No downtime. And by the end, I was like, okay. <laughs> but I got to work Cole. And he's mm-hmm. great, you know, and. There was another time where I got to get in with punk and other guys like that. And you learn so much. Um, but it was kind of like finding myself. And <laughs> the funniest thing is, uh, you know, one of the first feuds I had was uh, Dustin Ardeen, the dream machine. Oh, I've worn his vest. Have you? Yes. <laughs> There's there's a um, and there are episodes of Wrestling Mam Show where where we we talk about the vest at length, I believe. And yeah, there was it's it's been around. Yeah, it, so, it's, it's been in here. I think we put it on the stuffed owl in the old studio at one point. That's yeah. fantastic. Yeah. Yep. So uh, I don't know who the owner of the vest is now, but uh, we uh, we him and I went out there and for what we had, it was a nice kid. Mm-hmm. You know, and you know, he was just getting into business. So that's where I was. And I had to like learn and grow. And, um, you know, I finally got to the point where I was working well with, you know, Sterling and, uh, him and I had a great time in the ring and it kind of went from there. You know, Sterling did his thing. I was on top of WC too. We had great matches that he went and did his thing. I think he actually went back to PWX or something. And Sterling, of course, to clarify those, those that don't know, Sterling James Keenan, who Corey Graves. is now Corey Graves. Correct. Uh, he, uh, you know, and, and being there with someone like Sterling, he has such a mind for the business. So mm-hmm. you can learn from everybody you're in the ring with. And even if they're on your same level, you have to be able to accept that you're not as good as everybody else. Mm-hmm. And you can always learn from someone, you know. So that was really cool. Um, and then getting to work, you know, guys in the business like, who've done big things. Like I remember the first time I wrestled abyss, that was an awesome show. That was an awesome match. We had a great time. And then six months later, we're in a war games and it was just, it's crazy how things unfold, but you learn so much, you know, um, it was a war think, games that involve Sterling abyss. Surely Doe was a part of that. Sebastian dark, Sebastian dark, Dennis yeah. Gregory balls hot. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to say Hamrick. And also, I think so. And also, a same show that featured uh, uh, Christian Cage against AJ, AJ Styles, Styles. I think for the first time first ever. Yeah, yeah. When uh, Christian left, had left yep. WWE at the time, and there was about twelve hundred people in Court Town. Oh yeah, and two rings. They and did two rings. They did War Games the right way. Yes, two and rings. You don't see that too often. Double Cage. It was good stuff. I can't. I started going the show right after that. Apparently. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so it was like right around there when you started to see more of like the, you know, the build, the serious point of my, yeah, uh, we'll say illustrious career. But uh, that was the serious, you know, badass walking to the ring, going to take some names, you know, version of me. I found myself. So it was just all about, you know, those first couple of years for anybody, it's 
it's all about finding yourself mm -hmm. styles whatever's going to work for you and that's pretty much where we first met is when i was you know i found myself to be you know the big brawler out there doing the stuff that even some of the smaller guys can do because I won't use the terrible term of back then I could move better, but you know, mm -hmm. <laughs> after a while your knees kind of don't want to do springboard stuff anymore. But uh, yeah, it was good times. We did get an update from Joe Dabrowski. I did text him to ask where the uh, Dream League Team Fest okay. does reside, and it is in Joe Dabrowski's home office. Even even better. <laughs> so I, I I remember for a time he had Sammy Callahan's vest, and that guy returned at WrestleCon only went out for twenty nine, and uh, I don't think he will ever. Um, give up as many diseases that thing probably carries from being possessed by <laughs> i know it's been abdul's the, the butcher's mouth at one point uh hacksaw jim duggan had it I, at a moment uh so i mean hey you know those legend shows were great for getting the best around uh but anyway he better hope that uh dustin ardine doesn't fly out from vegas and take that thing back <laughs> hey it might have to go down he runs a promotion out in vegas really yeah i th he, i don't know if he still does he did mm -hmm. yeah right outside of vegas that's uh you, it's always where I hear about, like, you know, somebody's always doing TV out there, mm -hmm. <laughs> for instance. But, um, all right. And, and, uh, from there, um, you know, I, I think I, from, from that point, I think I, I recorded like the rest of your career at IWC. Yeah. <laughs> I think you did. <laughs> and we were just talking about a little be beforehand about like kind of like, you know, running the, you know, you kind of ran, went to the end of the line with what you could do there. Mm hmm. As things were changing, obviously different managements over the years, uh, especially over the last ten years, I guess with them, right? Right. So, well, I mean, it was it was one of those things where uh, when Norm was still running the company, you know, I had left mm -hmm. and I moved out to Arizona, right? Um, and there was a few shots where Norm brought me in, and then about five or six years later, I had moved back to Pittsburgh, mm -hmm. and it's it's one of those things where. You know when it's time to go, I guess. So uh, it was a different atmosphere, and it was just time to go. Mm -hmm. You know. So let's talk about those those few years out there in Arizona because we were talking about a little bit before about sure. like kind of the different stuff mm -hmm. you're into out there. Um, you know, get to you get to drop into a whole different um, environment. Mm -hmm. You know, because I, I feel like I feel like you know, despite there being multiple country companies here in Pittsburgh. There is a similar vibe, you mm -hmm. know, for being in this region, right? It's and it, as much as you hear people say about, oh, there's so many organizations within a 20 mile radius. Mm -hmm. It's everywhere. Go to New Jersey. It's <laughs> it's, it's, it's it's ridiculous. You know, when I went out to uh, Phoenix, um, I was living in Tucson actually, and um, one of the first I, immediately when I land, I'm like, where's wrestling? Where's wrestling? I need wrestling. So there's an organization in. Tucson and so uh, my wife and I go to watch the show because I want to watch the show first yes and I'm sitting there and uh, there's no athletic commission out there like there is here so that I learned quickly whenever a guy took a bump from the, sh the chair shot rolled to the outside promoter walks over gigs him walks back to his seat and I was like okay time to go <laughs> so that uh no not yeah. so much so i actually um i reached out to jake garrett mm -hmm. and you know him and i have been friends for a very long time and he's like you need to hook up with chris cole and he's like cole was out there for a while so chris cole was in like cleveland i believe somewhere around cleveland but uh 
he got me hooked up with a guy uh, named Navajo Warrior who was not only running his own organization out there, IZW, but he had a hand in helping with, you know, some of the local organizations around this and then the locker room leader. I mean, the guy's done a lot. So I went up and I met him and uh, him and I are, you know, best friends now. But when we first met, you know, it was the, uh, hi, how you doing? I'm Dean. Nice to meet you. You got a tape and you got a picture. And I was like, sure. Okay. We'll get back to you. And I was like, hmm, okie dokie. So, uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, it gave me an opportunity to wrestle. One of the first things that I got to work with was actually doing, uh, with relic, uh, before he got to doing the red rum gimmick, mm-hmm. uh, he was doing down there in Phoenix. It was, you know, really cool setting for where they had the lights and everything else. And I got to do a little program with him and there's a lot of talented people out there. A lot of guys out there were under contract with OVW or, um, there's another guy, uh, Hawaiian lion. He wrestled new Japan, you know, he wrestled with Muda. I mean, I think you made it at that point. When you yeah. So yeah, yeah. There was a lot to learn. And the first thing I needed to learn was that crowd's a little bit different than out here. And doing my shtick didn't get over too well. And so just like angry bruiser guy just didn't didn't work out. Well, it was more of the angry angry bruiser guy flying off the top rope didn't really. Yeah, yeah. They wanted to see angry bruiser guy middle of the ring beat the crap out of somebody. Okay. So because at the time, you know, you know, the whole super indie thing, you mm-hmm. know, your CM Punk's, your AJ Styles, like mm-hmm. the, the, the ring of honor, fast paced, flippy, right. Like thing was, was pretty popular in this area. It was. And I had to adapt mm-hmm. because, you know, I, for, for the life of me, I remember just all the stuff we did out here. They want to see guys go off the ropes. This and that. So I always did the elbow and stuff. And I'll never forget one of the first shows. I went I was working something, and I ended up going up for the elbow. And I see just these two guys in the front row just get up and start to walk over and get something. That, and I'm like, oh, man. And uh, I'll never forget Steve, uh, Navajo Warrior, telling me, you need to uh, tone it down. And I was like, what? He's like, the East Coast style ain't going to work out here. Okay. So uh, I sat back and paid attention and, Learn that uh, the NWA style gets over really well over there. It's all about the story and the character and this and that and the other. So hmm. that uh, that transitioned me into the East Coast Killer out there. So that uh, that went over pretty well, um, becoming more than just the bruiser guy out here. You know, going out there and working and doing more, which actually made it more alive for me because everything was so fast paced out here got to actually go out tell a story get character this and the other so that was really cool plus not only just doing wrestling out there a lot of lucha libre style was out there too so i'll never forget the first time i did a lucha show it was three on three rounds Mm -hmm. everybody's and uh i was i commend them for what they did you know uh I know we're seeing a lot of that from DJZ. We had yeah. we saw some crazy stuff with him and yeah. Corey this past and, weekend. You know, with uh, yeah. Sam mm-hmm. down in Mexico, being able to do that, kudos to him. I mean, that's a lot. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, Sam, Ad- Sam Adonis, Sam brother Adonis, of Corey Grace, for those who yeah. don't know. 
Um, Alan, I, he, great story recently on KDKA, by the way. They just interviewed I just read that. As of uh, this recording. Yeah. So. Nice. And and that just that's a prime example of hard work mm -hmm. and what it can get you. I mean, that kid's moved over how many different times, and he's doing well. And he, he's a guy that had a shot in WWE. Mm-hmm. And found a found a spot in in Mexico, and, and he'll make he, it back. And he's figured it out. Oh yeah, absolutely. Oh yeah, as no much noise as he's making down there, it's unquestionable. And, you yep. know, his brother being there probably helps too a little bit. That, but yeah, but you know what? He you was still around. you still got to do. He yeah. was around. Yeah, yeah. As a kid. Yeah. Whenever we was doing our stuff, and he knew more than half the locker room. So, you know, Sam Sam has come a long way, mm -hmm. put a lot of hard work in, deserves everything he gets. I, I always love the vibe. I've seen him come in twice now to IWC, mm -hmm. and nobody else walks in that room and gets such greeting like yeah. he does, and that's really cool. And, and not knowing the history, I saw him once like years ago mm -hmm. uh, and, and you know, didn't know anything of him, right? Uh, but it's really cool and a really cool guy to talk with. I have missed him both times he's been in town. Ah. So angry. <laughs> but all right, so you got back here, a little stint with IWC. Yeah. Uh, and you rolled with PWX, and now you're you're in training. Yeah, um, we got the actually the the school was uh, myself and Brandon K mm -hmm. doing some training down there, and um, you know the first class we did was uh, uh, Torn Flight and Dalton Throttle and uh, Destroyer of Wrestling Sets. Yeah, <laughs> I saw that. <laughs> Good job, kid. Got Botchamania. <laughs> That's right. And uh, there was a few other guys. Uh, another guy, uh, uh, Chase, he was he uh, had some medical stuff going on, so he actually had to step out. But mm -hmm. a lot of guys have come a long way from training. Um, then we went on to, you know, Lee Moriarty and um, Honey Badger and classic Chris Helmsley and um, – Lawless and you know a couple other guys, but uh, it was a good couple of years of solid talent walking through, mm -hmm. you know. And the guys, you know, it was always it rejuvenated me. And to see someone that you have a hand in be successful is becomes the important. And that list you name off is kind of a a you know who's who of who's starting to make waves in the last year here. Right. In the Pittsburgh area too. Yeah. So some guys don't like to know where their roots come from or acknowledge it at some points, but you know, <laughs> some other guys definitely, you know, and, and, and the good thing too about the classes was they, they didn't come into it thinking they were going to be A's. They knew that their style was going to be mid card, mm -hmm. but because of their character, mm -hmm. they can be an A. I've noticed that. Um, this is something I've said a lot about, uh, recent classes, the IWC graduates, but but that that name that that list of names you give there, mm -hmm. a lot of character, a lot of you know gimmick stuff, you know, a lot of you know the lawyer, the cop, the honey badger, uh, you know, um, like that seems like it's more than because I think probably your era was more. I need to go out and be the tough guy or the flippy guy or mm -hmm. something or the guy in tights that does that does cool stuff. Like there right. wasn't like you know I know I, I complained about Ring of Honor for a long time it was like. I can't tell anybody apart mm -hmm. and I can't think of two people who have come out of training in the last couple of years of several of the schools that I could really say that about. Right. So. And that's, I've, 
earlier years, like Ring of Honor, I I never really mm-hmm. wasn't my thing. But now there's so there's so many characters. Yeah, you know. And, I mean, look, uh, you know, uh, what's his name, Peacock, uh, uh, Don Castle, Don Castle. I remember when he first came into IWC, mm-hmm. and instantly you saw, wow, that's a good gimmick, mm-hmm. and he's gonna make it work. Mm-hmm. You know, and then and uh, amazing in the ring too. So you're just like it, it's inevitable. Yeah, I mean, look at Shane Taylor. Mm-hmm. And the minute I stepped in the ring with Shane Taylor, I knew that he had it. You know, that guy is amazing. And, you know, he's gotten himself in great shape, doing good things for himself. And I remember how fast he could run when he was yeah. at RWA. <laughs> and he was huge, yeah. right? And a monster and scary. Mm-hmm. And now that he's like, I swear he's lost like half his weight. Yeah. I can't imagine. I, and I haven't had a chance to see him on TV. I just saw a picture yet. of him. I guess he wrestled for the promotion of Mexico, the crash or something. Okay. And there's a picture of him like throwing a clothesline. And he just looks massive. There's a definition in his arm. And he's just like, ah, he's got this, like, I'm going to kill you face. I love it. I love Shane. And his clotheslines already look like they kill people. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. They do. Listen, Mm -hmm. Shane is one of the most respected guys because if you can't take it, get out. And he will (laughs) lay it in. He won't even think twice about it. But he expects you to lay it back. Mm -hmm. You know? There is no, you know, whims. It's... If you don't hit me, I'm going to hit you harder type of situation, which is, you know, it's good. That's how it should be nice and tight. Mm-hmm. But uh, Shane, Shane's phenomenal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just thinking about the clothesline. <laughs> um, so from that, and you guys are going through a transition. We were talking about this a little bit, too, uh, mm-hmm. and I've talked about this. It's interesting because PWX is something that has um, a lot of history to it, obviously, mm-hmm. right? And, and, and you're part of that where it's become this fight society concept, like something that is not wrestling, but wrestling. Right. It's, you know what? And just to kind of step back on that, you said you have so much history. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I remember the first show vaguely, but you got a guy like Iron Warrior coming out with fire and paint and this and that and the other. Then you got Vince Kaplack with his cape doing backflips off the ropes and what it evolved over 20 plus years mm-hmm. to take it and say, screw it and throw it in a trash can. Yeah. And start from scratch. Yeah. You know, that was the idea of let's not be like everybody else because everybody's got five different titles. Everybody's got this. Everybody's got that. Well, what if there was just an organization with one title that everybody could fight for? Make it a contendership, you know, make it a fight society. And as you know, from the first show um, to where we are now, it's uh, it's growing. People are getting it, and it's becoming more of what it is as a whole, opposed to people just thinking that's eh, just another organization rebranding themselves to try and be relevant. No, it's not the case at all. It's it's a fight to come out and show what you're worth. You know, there isn't forty guys on a roster, and that's for a reason. It's to come out, have guys who can showcase their talents, but also go the distance. And it's coming off pretty interesting. And again, like you guys are figuring out, I mean, Lucha Underground wasn't Lucha Underground the first couple of episodes, right? right? Uh, people looking for something different. Um, and, and yeah, it kind of sticks out for you guys uh, in that in that building too. So uh, you and I think if I'm if I recall, you were the last PWX champion. Too. I was because I, I, I remember a little bit of story uh, going on when I got to check the check fight society for the first time a couple months ago. I, I tell you what, it was it was pretty cool 
being that, uh, you know, PWX, the first show that I ever watched independently, and then to be the last champion, that was pretty cool. Um, but then I came into Fight Society, and one of my students knocks me off, and I'm just kind of like, <sighs> okay, <laughs> back to the drawing board. I guess I taught him well. Mm-hmm, <laughs> but, mm-hmm. uh, you know, there's some very solid talent. Um, going into it, uh, you know, I was the number one guy. And then, uh, you know, now we see Patrick Hayes won the title. Good job. He deserves it. He, uh, You see that guy sweeping the ring before shows. Mm-hmm. Still, this mm-hmm. late in the game. And you should never lose that. You know, so he definitely earned it, and he went out there and busted his hump and got the title, got the three count, won the fight, so to speak. That's awesome. So, uh, so it, it, it's interesting because there's there's a different rule set of sorts. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, it's you know, it was a different count out uh, structure. Uh, what, a twenty count, no DQ, twenty count. Everything is yep. is you know a straight up. You know, uh, there must be a winner. Mm-hmm. So. Um, does that kind of, uh, uh, take a different philosophy when, when you, that's being put together? Well, and you know, one of the rules you mentioned the 20 count, mm-hmm. it pretty much says after the 20 count, you don't want to be the guy that was counted out because it's only going to get worse. Mm-hmm. So that doesn't mean the match is over. Oh, that just might mean things are going to turn up a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You know, and, uh, maybe, have, have maybe, we, have we not seen what happens yet? Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> you gotta keep. You gotta come. You gotta see. You gotta. You know. I, it is interesting because it was like as you're going, I'm being introduced to these rules, kind of as they're being. Mm-hmm. You, know, you guys are a couple shows in already, and I'm just like, I don't. There's there's a lot going on here, mm-hmm. and and I just want to see like what are the rules? You know. Right. You know. They kind of explained a little. Well, bit, the rules. That was the got, only thing that I had. Yeah. For it, the rules got posted, mm-hmm. so everybody could kind of go through nice. and get a little bit of it. Um, but there's still a lot to see and a lot yeah. to find out. Like as the story unravels of what is fight society, you know, a fight can take place when you're getting out of your car, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so a little bit of that old, uh, uh, hardcore title 24 seven rule happening, that, that little bit of idea, right? Yes. So. Yes. And that's, it gives the fans the, you know, what if, mm-hmm. you know, everybody gets used to the routine of here's my money. I'm going to go sit down. I'm going to wait for the bell. We're going to do this. Well, you might be standing in line to get your ticket, and mm-hmm. here comes Shirley Doe beating the crap out of somebody. So that's cool, you know. That gives you the you haven't even paid for your ticket yet, and you're getting entertainment. So mm-hmm. it's it's different. Um, I think that's what we need as a whole to keep you know wrestling going strong is something that's different. Um, and with you know, whether it's a fight in the beginning of the show, the middle of the show, during a match on the show, or even after the show when you're walking to your car and you've already paid your money and seen the show, but now you got more to watch, why not? You know, give it something different. It's awesome. Um, what are you watching these days? What's uh, uh, any, anybody out there that you're keeping an eye on or any promotions that are kind of uh, getting your attention? Um, I have small kids. I'm, I watch a lot of WWE. Mm-hmm. When I can, I mean, it's a lot of taped fast forward, this and that and the other, but, uh, uh, I, I just started getting into the, the cup matches for new Japan and I love watching new Japan. Um, you know, going back and watching that, uh, Omega and Jericho match at the wrestle Kingdom, That was a fantastic match. I think it was just a little bit too long. I think the story kind of went just a little bit down during the match, but it was a great story. 
I think if they would have cut it maybe five minutes, seven minutes shorter, mm-hmm. you wouldn't have had that feel of what's going on type of deal. Because they everything they did was spot on, great story. And then there was just kind of like the, is this the home spot or what's, you know, so, but it was a great match. Um, and, you know, I just, I, I read the results for the cup, but I, I like to go back and watch them. I watched a lot of NXT. Mm-hmm. Um, a few reasons. Guys that came up into business with, I get to see them bask in their glory. Ray it's Rowe fantastic. most recently, right? Ray Rowe. I yeah. can't wait to see them actually like debut, debut. Yeah. But uh, t- another guy busted his hump deserves everything he gets. Ray's a great guy. And, uh, you know, he went out, marketed himself, got the Ring of Honor, got the New Japan, mm-hmm. won the t- tag titles. You know, do it so much. NXT, you know, and I'm sure he'll be on the main roster. You know, that's a great tag team they have there. So I, I do enjoy watching NXT. NXT makes me um, think of how wrestling used to be when I watched a little bit. Um, the matches are fantastic, um, but uh, that's that's pretty much where I'm at with wrestling. I don't really watch too much indie stuff, uh, even though I got every every dang app, Roku's, uh, smart TVs, <laughs> wrestling forever, you know, wrestling, whatever that I can watch everything. I just, you know, it's hard to get into it because it all looks the same, mm-hmm. and that's instantly when I end up turning it off because I get bored with it. You know, so I, uh, I still enjoy watching a little bit of, you know, mainstream stuff, but that's for the kids, you know, they love John Cena and all those guys. And my daughter, she loves the Uh, the kids and Marcus Mann. Marcus Mann. Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Uh, what is the best and worst thing about indie wrestling in your career? The best and worst thing in indie wrestling in my career. Oh man. Um, you get into wrestling and a lot of people say you don't make too many friends in wrestling. I've met a lot of great people. I have a lot of people that I call friends, best friends, good acquaintances. I kind of lucked out, I guess I feel like, um, I think the worst thing in indie wrestling. And again, this is in general, this isn't Pittsburgh talk. This is just. Guys who forget the basics. Guys who forget where they come from. You're not selling tickets individually. There's no marquee person putting 100 people in one seat. Mm -hmm. So just don't, you know, guys just forget where they come from. They forget the basics of things. And that's the one thing that kind of, you know, makes me hate wrestling, I guess, is the people who don't understand that without the basics, there's nothing. So, all right. Well, on that point, um, where can people find you online? Uh, I am on Twitter at Dean Radford. Mm-hmm. Um, I am on Facebook, Dean Radford, <laughs> and uh, that is all I have up right now. So, posting all the stuff from uh, uh, you know Fight Society and uh, just keeping people up to date on that stuff. Um, I don't really travel too much now just because I, 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 you know, with the kids and everything else, being the, uh, local guy is not the worst thing ever. Mm -hmm. So, 
that's where I'm at now. So still training? Still do some training. I backed off a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, actually, I was just talking to them a little bit about uh, trying to get back into fold. Mm-hmm. So things are good. Uh, Quinn's Diner holding the fort down, you know, and uh, talk about a brain for the business. Quinn Magnum has a brain for the business. He is unreal when it comes to talking from shop. <laughs> awesome. So we'll have to get him on here soon. Oh, dude, do it. I'm telling you, you're gonna need like five hours of talk time oh, though, because you think I got a lot of stuff going on. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a lot of guys. Uh, I see a lot of uh, your trainees and uh, uh, associates in the chat room here that've been listening uh. to this during the live stream. Thank you so much for joining us. It's great to catch up with you sure. again somebody i've been watching through my entire indie wrestling watching career <laughs> so. hey thank you for having me i appreciate it awesome go check it out and check out everything going on and you can catch some of those old matches we were talking about including the war games and things like that over at indie wrestling.us still available for you guys uh to check out some of that old school stuff and a lot of other uh, great names on there as well. A lot of we, we just about every name we brought up, I think, is represented on there in some shape or yeah. form. So, uh, still alive, still kicking. So, and don't forget, Saturday night mm-hmm. at the battlegrounds, fight society. You never know when a fight will break out. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, McKeesport, Pennsylvania. Right. Uh, PWX.TV or PWXFightSociety.com. FightSociety.com. Yeah. Yeah, That's right. Yeah. Uh, so go check it out. They are doing something very interesting there, and I'm, I'm definitely keeping an eye on it. I want to see how this thing develops over the Never next year or so. <laughs> Fight might break out here for all I know, so apparently. <laughs> uh, so we'll see how that goes. And, and check out everything. Again, support indie wrestling. Support indiewrestling.us. Uh, and until next time, um, you can support the podcast, too. <laughs> see you This show is a member of the Sorgatron Media Podcast Network. Find out more at sorgatronmedia.com.